This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Can the Lakers make the playoffs without LeBron? No. I wasn't sure the Lakers could make the playoffs with LeBron. This is the nightmare when it comes to the Lakers. We could just shove aside that notion that they're going to advance beyond the plan and get to the sixth seed because without LeBron, that ain't happening. It's unfortunate that LeBron went down, but injuries are a real part of our sport, and we got to step up and hold down the fort until he returns. If you're a fan of LeBron James or the Lakers, you're saying, there goes my team's chances of making the playoff. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as on your smart speaker. I was I was sharing. I was sharing with the class, you know, just in a commercial break, just a moment of vulnerability. And I said, I think I broke my bed. And people were like, what? And I was like, I think my fat back porch broke my bed. Because I, I have a bed that is basically two, I don't know, air pockets that you can adjust the firmness of by, say, a number to adjust your sleep. We'll just We'll just leave it at that. And, you know, we've had it for six years or whatever. And my side, I have to set it. I need a firm. Daddy needs a firm mattress, right? So I'm at 100 on one side. I wake up in the morning, I'm at a zero. At some point overnight, and I, the morning. I mean, I wake up at 1.30 in the morning for SportsCenter AM, so it's three hours, four hours, and this thing deflates. And I'm just like, I'm in some sort of, like, sheeted hammock. And I'm like, this is not this is not what I signed up for. It's motivation to get the beach bod in check, Nick Friedle. That's my point. That's my point. Whatever it takes to get that beach bod working. I'm still getting over somebody calling the back the back porch. I have not heard that one before, but I may have to mix it in now. It's growing up in a military family. I'll paint your back porch red. It's like, you gotta catch me first. Uh, that's Nick Friedell. He's down at the Seaport in New York. I'm Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut. Canton Carlin on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Are the Western Conference playoffs... Presented by the Los Angeles Lakers. As it stands right now, all the hand-wringing and the injuries that we lost LeBron and what are we going to do? Playoffs start today, Nick. I mean, first of all, it would have led the show. Secondly, they're in the play-in. Like we would have figured all along, Mr. Scott. I, I, I Oh, the Lakers. I, our <laughs> network does love, does love a good Lakers story, especially with uh, that guy LeBron. But I... I've got to tell you that after all these months, and especially the last few weeks after LeBron went out initially with the injury, they just were never worth that kind of attention to me because I never thought the ceiling was that high. I know there was hope after the All-Star break. Oh, maybe the Lakers can get to the sixth seed. And then what? This isn't a championship caliber team. This isn't a team that they may not even get into the postseason if they can't get out of the play-in. But here we are once again with the hope, at least, if you're a Laker fan, that LeBron can come back, get a couple games before the regular season, and give it a little bit of a push. As for when we could expect to see LeBron back, our friend, uh, mutual friend, Dave McMenamin, reporting with ESPN NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. I'm just going to read from Woj's words. Uh, There's an increasing optimism that Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James could return to play, quote-unquote, a few games in the final week of the regular season. So Lakers final three regular season games all in Los Angeles. They're against the Clippers April 5th, Suns April 7th, Utah Jazz uh, April 9th. Remember, this is a foot tendon injury. He's been out since February, LeBron has. He's been at the games. He's been moving. uh, But LeBron himself addressed the report. So we have a report on the report from the subject of the report, LeBron James, uh, saying there wasn't an evaluation today. There hasn't been any target day for my return. I'm just working around the clock every day, three times a day, to give myself the best chance of coming back full strength whenever that is. 
Uh, I think regardless of when they get LeBron back, and it's weird to say that the most iconic basketball player on the planet would just be sort of frosting on the cake here, but the fact that there's even a cake to talk about to belabor the analogy, who who deserves the credit here, Nick? I mean, I, every time I look up and have a highlight or a shot sheet, it's either D'Angelo Russell or even Austin Reeves because Anthony Davis has been up and down. I can't believe that we live in a world where we're discussing Austin Reeves as much, Randy, but here we are. And if you had told me before the season started that the Lakers' playoff chances would hinge on Austin Reeves continuing to play at this level, I would have just shaken my head at you and probably passed out. But the real credit here, I think a lot of it, especially that the Lakers didn't just face plant after LeBron went out, goes to Rob Polenka. He made the moves around the trade deadline. He got this team the jolt that it needed by changing it up, getting Russell Westbrook out of there, making sure that there was a chemistry within the group. And for as much as he's been maligned at parts of the last couple seasons, it was Palenka that knew his team wasn't good enough, that made the moves they had to make, and now they have to just hope that LeBron comes back at some point very soon Mm -hmm. and gets on the floor and can find that rhythm with a lot of this new group. So the, the the group has come together, the new additions, Malik Beasley and Vanderbilt and, and on down the line, have come together largely in the absence of LeBron, which led Vince Carter to say this about how LeBron has to fit in. And of course, everybody's going to say, okay, what happens when LeBron comes back? Well, LeBron kind of has to fit in. I, you know, I hate to say that, but fit in and allow guys to, to continue to play with confidence. Just like a, he allowed AD to be that go-to guy. Now he doesn't have to play those big minutes and, and worry about carrying the load of the offense because of the supporting cast that he now has going into the playoff stretch if everyone can stay healthy. It's, a, it's wild to think of, of the most iconic player on, on the roster as the one that has to fit in, but it is a, uh, you hear Ryan Rosillo say this on his podcast all the time, a heliocentric offense, right? Uh, certainly with the Los Angeles Lakers, as with most NBA teams, when you do have a LeBron caliber scoring threat, but the ball just sort of, you know, it's like a black hole, just sort of funnels to LeBron, and then he decides how to spit it back out. That was not, so the Lakers winning, right? Lakers winning at home, not the only uh, Western Conference storyline, even though they did do it over the over the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the Western Conference, like, weirdness? And I'm not just a sucker for alliteration, Nick, but how do you best explain what happened between the Mavs and the Warriors last night that has led to Mark Cuban saying he's going to protest the game? It was the single oddest play that I've seen in an NBA game in years, Randy. I've oh. never seen... I was standing there, actually... I was eating uh, a cheeseburger at a bar, and I looked up and I went, what the hell are they doing? That's a free basket. And then I'm checking Twitter, and I'm reading that everybody's going nuts in Dallas, but it was the strangest single play that I can remember. We have the call. It was on ESPN Radio, so it's Mark Kestesher and Corey Alexander, as a matter of fact, and you can hear the confusion. These are two pros, but even they are confused by what they're hearing and seeing, rather. Golden State gets the basketball. Dallas all lined up. Out of timeouts. Nobody was there. And when we went to break, there was confusion regarding whose basketball it was. Golden State takes it out and scores the bucket. I mean, they inbounded. Cavani, nobody was there. Dallas wasn't ready. Slam dunked it home. But it almost looked as though Dallas was defending the wrong basket. 
because they were all back. It wasn't as though someone for Dallas went to take the basketball out of bounds as they were going down to their end of the floor. Did that bucket count for Golden State? It did, yep. Looney's slam counts, and it's 90 to 87. You that, see everything at basketball. I've never seen that one. That will absolutely be on not top ten wow. this Friday. Uh, yeah, it will. I'll be, I'll be the one. I'll be the one reading you that. You can tomorrow. make sure of that. That'll be on there. Uh, and the Mavericks are filing a protest. And you're, and you're saying, all right, third quarter. You know, buck fifty-six to go in the third. It's only two points. What's a big deal? Final score: two-point win for the Warriors, one twenty-seven to one twenty-five. Obviously, the rest of the game. Hear me now, sports fans. We do this, like, guy. I mean, Nick. We do this with football. We do this with so many other things. Blown calls, this and that. Uh, I, you know, obviously the tuck roll was a horrible call. But we we do this with with, with blown calls where we think it is truly the difference in the game. Unless it's the final play, then you don't have an argument because how the rest of the game is played changes based on the based on the bucket, or in this case, not the bucket. You know what I mean? Like, if this yeah. happened with a buck 56 in the fourth, I'll listen to it. The fact that it happened in the third, I don't know that the Mavs protest is going to be uh, met with a successful result. Well, and the, the play that kept bouncing around Twitter, Randy, last night was the other one where uh, the, the Warriors... <laughs> Card got knocked over. The Mavs picked up the ball and they scored. So there's a hundred different things that can happen over the course of a 48 minute NBA game. This was one play. It's certainly going to draw more attention, but I'm with you absolutely. It happened at the end of the third. The league's going to look and say, sorry, Mark, we'll get you next time. Golden State moves up, uh, or rather stays in the sixth seed. It's Minnesota that moved up and benefited from their own win. So all of the games right now are impactful in the Western Western Conference, to be sure. I mean, the difference separating the four seed on down to the 10 is two and a half games. Do I have that right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's two and a half it's games. It's loaded. It is loaded in the Western Conference, the likes of which we haven't seen that kind of parity, frankly, in a long time. Utah and New Orleans are in a lock for the 11 seed. So they're on the outside looking in. They're half game back of Los Angeles and Dallas for the ninth uh, and the 10th spot. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. With Lamar Jackson, there is going to be a lot of drama in the coming weeks, if not months. He should stand firm, put his feet in the ground, and say, hey, look, I need the guaranteed money. I'm not willing to go ahead and play this thing out year to year. If he decides they're not going to give me what I want, I don't want to be here, he needs to demand a trade. Why would he take the discount in this situation when there are other viable teams that would treat him better and pay him every penny he wants? Like, why would you take less than that to stay with Baltimore? I hit the football music on this Thursday afternoon. I have a feeling, golly, Nick, I hope you get to work again soon. I hope it comes in the summer, and I just know that we will have this storyline to talk about. This is not getting done. <laughs> this definitely feels like a, uh, a mid-June, July. Ah, it's still going on here. All right. I, I, it's not happening before the NFL draft. That I would, I would bet. I would bet one of Nick Friedle's paychecks on that. I, I don't think it happens by the end of April. Uh, I, th- I think um, I know I'm doing this show, as a matter of fact, on on the, the day of the first uh, round of the NFL draft. So you better believe we're going to talk about this, what the Ravens do with that draft capital that night. But I don't think this gets done anytime soon, which gives us plenty of time to dive into now. What are comments and sound bites and tweets like there are integral actors in this play? 
whether it's a tragedy or a comedy or just a musical right now, there are integral actors who are starting to make their opinions known. They're starting to speak out about this. Ozzie Newsom has insight, insight into the Deshaun Watson contract and the impact on Lamar Jackson's future. He was on the Bernie Kosar show and he talked about how the fully guaranteed contract of Deshaun Watson, a division rival, right? The quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, how that has impacted what the Ravens are trying to get done with Lamar. Every club has to do what they have to do <laughs> with contracts, with drafting. You know, I got enough problems dealing with this club that, you know what, I can't, you know, uh, I don't worry about what other people right. do, but, you know, our owner, you know, did say that, you know, that contract did create some problems. Yeah, now, yeah. what we have to figure yeah. out, is that going to be the norm or is that an outlier? And we don't know. Who was hitting the laugh track there with Bernie, Randy? I don't know, man. That's a friendly friendly audience. I could have used that at Side Splitters in Tampa back in 2000, <laughs> 2009. <laughs> or Coconuts out in Brandon, Florida. Shout out. And RIP. Gone too soon. Um, but that was Ravens Executive Vice President Ozzie Newsom. I don't think that was Bernie Kosar laughing in the background, dude. I don't know. But it's an interesting point. I think we have our answer. I think we have our answer that that... Deshaun Watson's contract is an outlier. I think the other 31 teams in the NFL are making sure that's the case. It's been very clear in how the money has not been there, Randy, that the rest of the league doesn't want to do another Deshaun deal. It's just interesting to me that Ozzie Newsom finally put his voice behind on the record in saying as much. That deal has altered how all other deals behind it will get done. And Lamar Jackson was the first most high-profile example of this. And if you're Deshaun Watson, you're not apologizing for the, for the guaranteed money you're getting, but if you're every one of these teams, they're now waiting to see how this plays out because it just doesn't sound like anybody wanted to make that happen, aside from Jimmy Haslam in Cleveland, because they didn't really have another choice. They didn't. They had to make a splash. I'm not trying to listen. <laughs> trying to get in the mindset of Jimmy Haslam is one thing. Trying to get in the mindset of Jimmy Haslam as it relates to Deshaun Watson yeah, good luck. is another thing. We just know they needed a quarterback. They wanted to break the curse of the several named jersey You know that we always see about that position in that city for that franchise. But it certainly has affected. It has not directly impacted new contracts for NFL quarterbacks, but it has affected what Lamar is trying to do. I think it would be mm-hmm. foolish to say that. Now, this gets further complicated. If you've been paying attention, you know Lamar doesn't have an agent. He is representing himself, saving. I mean, Nick, you're around NBA players. What what percentage of their contracts do agents generally get? 2%, 3%? Yeah, I think it's somewhere around 3 Okay, so 2%, though, and I'm not going to do this math on the fly, but 2% of $230 million guaranteed for Deshaun Watson is in the millions, okay? It's, it's, it's you had what, to go out on the lane there for that one, huh? Five mil? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, let's ballpark it at five mil. There is a lot of money at stake here, and Lamar's trying to hang on to it. I get that. But, I mean, Nick, from a, from a negotiation standpoint, to try to build leverage to get other teams to bid for your services, to in this case, especially with this tag that the Ravens have put on him, he needs a competing offer. You know who's good at that? Agents. You know who's not good at that? Players themselves. Well, and that's why you started to hear, Randy, and we heard from Kimberly Martin uh, over the last couple days that now a a family member, somebody in Lamar's inner circle, is coming out and telling teams uh, separate information. It just feels like all the things that could go wrong for Lamar Jackson without an agent have started to appear. 
And when you don't have one, there's even more confusion. Another thing that an agent is good at, making sure that his or her client's narrative is getting out there. We haven't really heard from Lamar. Hmm. We haven't. Uh, we get some tweets here and there, and there's discussion about uh, some kind of potential interview down the line. But nobody knows exactly where he stands day to day, week to week, and nobody knows exactly what he is seeking. Compare that against what we've seen from Aaron Rodgers, who shows up on the Pat McAfee show once every week or every couple weeks. You know where he stands. Uh, I think that is not only a, a misplay by Lamar as far as a PR standpoint goes, but if you have an agent, an agent is telling you what you need in the moment when you're in these type of big-time contract negotiations. And while Lamar may have that behind the scenes, the agent is the public face in these type of negotiations that he doesn't have. Ben Roethlisberger uh, went on the football and Okay, I want to make sure I get this right because there's a spelling. Foot is this a it, is this a play on the Pittsburgh football? Yeah, but you know what I mean, like like uh, McAfee does it, like you know Bear Don, you know, like is this football? Like is this like a Pittsburgh accent? I can't do it, I can't do it. But footballing with Ben Roethlisberger podcast, weighing in on Lamar and whether or not Lamar's hurting himself having an agent or not. I know it hurts him not having an agent. I'm not sure why he doesn't have one. He just doesn't want one. You know, in the NFL, you can pay agents between one and three percent. So he could pay an agent one percent of his. 200 and some million dollar contract would be fine. I understand he's waiting for this big deal, but he could have signed, like, just keep doing two-year deals. Two for 50, two for 100, two for 100, two yeah. for 100. And instead, he's still on these deals where he's making franchise tag money at 20-something or whatever. But I don't know. I just It just feels like he's missing out on, he's been missing out on some bigger money that he could have been getting. But yeah. maybe it's not about that. Maybe it's about wanting to go somewhere else. Roethlisberger made more than $100 million uh, in just salary and, and guaranteed money in his NFL career. He knows of what he speaks. And Lamar, all due respect, maybe to his former divisional rival, Nick, is like, hey, I'm looking for a contract that more than doubles what you made in your entire career, big fella. Like, let me handle mine. You handled yours the way you did. I, I, I think that Ben Roethlisberger, especially in this case, should just stay out of the conversation, Randy, because <laughs> uh, I think that's exactly what's going on. Lamar is going to approach a figure that even Ben Roethlisberger hasn't touched. But uh, in this regard, if you're Lamar Jackson and you and I are both convinced that this thing is going to stretch at least for a couple more months, mm -hmm. is there any part of you now that just says, hey, I am going to formally hire an agent and let that person handle with the headaches that I'm dealing with on a daily basis now? I think the closer we get to the draft, I'd be very interested to see you know, deadlines spur deals, and I'd be I'd be curious to see what late April, last couple of days of April, does uh, to this situation. Is there, speaking of the NFL draft, a potential surprise coming at the very top on the very first night? A former Panther thinks it could happen. We're going to get to that after Nick tells you about FanDuel. Randy, basketball is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com play to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Breaking news, the Panthers have decided to move up to take the number one spot from the Bears. Everybody's trying to figure out exactly what Carolina do. Look, I think the pick will boil down to either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I think C.J. Stroud is probably the favorite right now, at least around the league, in terms of people I've talked to, that he would be the number one pick in this draft. And they said, we love all these quarterbacks, and we've got 48 days to make a decision on which one we will be taking. And that clock is running. I don't know that anybody's that closer to making their decision. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as on your smart speaker, however you found us on this pre-end Thursday. We're glad you did. Weekend starts whenever you see fit, okay? I've never heard anyone use in a sentence the pre-end. The pre-end? Oh my gosh, buddy. The pre like pre-end vibes? Have we ever heard of pre-end vibes? No. I, oh. I mean, I must just be decidedly even less cool than I thought I was before <laughs> the show started. I think you're cooler. I think you're cooler for not having heard of it. <laughs> I'm fairly sure. That is uh, those are the dulcet tones of Nick Fredell or ESPN NBA everything uh, in in Brooklyn, uh, the BK Lounge, because uh, the Nets are, are tangling with the Cavs later. So he was a shoot around today and he's uh, holding down the seaport fort for us. I'm Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut. You can see me in. Uh, it's not Gary Streisky tomorrow. David Lloyd tomorrow, 7 a.m. Eastern uh, on SportsCenter AM on on ESPN. Um, hmm. I don't know how to approach this here. I, I'm excited for the Panthers. I'm excited for their number one overall pick uh, prospects. I'm excited that they might you know, land the, the quarterback of their franchise's future. As a, as a Raider fan, though, Nick, like I, we are in this quarterback abyss. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo's a life raft. I don't know if he's enough to hold Jack and Rose or if it's just Rose. I don't know. What about Wilson? Could he at least hold Wilson? Maybe. Maybe. Wilson! But I look at Anthony Richardson and I'm terrified, man. I'm terrified. The freakish athletic ability, there's no denying it. The rawness of being an NFL quarterback, quite frankly, rawness of being an SEC quarterback at times last year. I, I don't know how he is shooting up draft boards the way he is, but there's no denying that he is. In your mind, Nick Friedle, is that where the NFL draft, the mystery and the intrigue, truly begins with Anthony Richardson? Absolutely, because... 
Randy, I watched Anthony Richardson a lot. I grew up in Orlando. I've known Gator fans my entire life, so I'm always keeping an extra eye on what's going on in Gainesville. The talent is undeniable, especially when you start to see him just chuck a 75-yarder on the fly with no hesitation, and it looks like it's pretty easy for him. He can run up and down the field. He has all the qualities that you would want in this era of the NFL to come in and really make a difference. But, and it's a big one, the Gators didn't have a lot of success with him. How much of that was the fact that Billy Napier was trying to get his system in place? How much of the fact was they just didn't have that much talent given a regular recruiting class that we're used to seeing in Gainesville? I'm not sure right now, but that is the name that continues to appear in all these mock drafts and continues to hover over the conversation between is it C.J. Stroud or is it Bryce Young? Because here comes Anthony Richardson, and it sure seems like somebody's going to take him, and it's going to feel a little unexpected given what we saw from him on the field last year. Based on what we've seen the last two days, not even 48 full hours, we'll, we'll say you know 36 at most, what we saw from C.J. Stroud at his pro day, in Columbus yesterday was, again, a confirmation of what he did at the Combine, which is what Bryce Young did not do. Remember, Bryce didn't throw at the Combine. He got his weight up to 204, and he was like, I'm answering that question right now. I'm good. Bryce Young, though, threw at Alabama's Pro Day today and looked fantastic as well. So we come away from that thinking, all right, Carolina at one needs a quarterback. Houston at two needs a quarterback. Both of those guys are going to be off the board. It's going to be some combo of C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. But there is a former Carolina Panther, the team that owns the number one overall pick, longtime linebacker Thomas Davis. He was on the NFL Network, and he's calling for a surprise at number one from his former team. You look at Bryce Young, you look at his resume. The kid was a Heisman Trophy winner last year for a reason. And then when you put guys around him like Alabama has. He played in the SEC, the highest level of competition in football, in college football. I just think that he's going to come in and he would fit well in Carolina if they were going to draft him. But like you said, DJ, I don't think that he's going to be their pick. I think it's going to be a very, very surprising pick in Carolina. Oh! But I will say this. If this pick happens that who I think that they are in love with, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, what are we saying there if you're Thomas Davis? Like, you're calling for chaos, and you're like, and I won't like it. But you don't name names. <laughs> you don't name names. Come on, TD. And I look at I look at the, the overall talent. Just, you know, because sometimes, uh, whether it's Todd McShay, whether it's, it's Mel Kuyper Jr., they will put out a list of, hey, this is how I see the draft going. This is my mock. And these are the best players. If we're just going based on talent, this is who should go 1 through 32. And Will Anderson is at the top of that second list. So I wonder if former NFL linebacker Thomas Davis is looking at the best defensive player on the board who happens to be a linebacker in Will Anderson and saying that's who should be the surprise number one pick. I mean, are we looking at draft day part two here? Is Kevin Costner going to drop the uh, the note that says nothing without Vontae Mack and, <laughs> and stun the world? I, 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 you know, I, that now that would stun me. Randy yeah. Scott, if they took a, if they took anybody that's not a quarterback, right. forget Anthony Richardson, if they took anyone that was not the number one quarterback in their mind, that would shock 
me given what they just gave up to get that pick from the Bears. Exactly. You have to ascribe that draft price tag, right? The price tag from that trade to get that pick for that position, the most important one on the field and certainly uh, on their roster as well. But Thomas Davis, you know, chaos, but not a lot of not a lot of detail with his prediction. Speaking of chaos, NCAA tournament resumes tonight. How's Nick Friedle's bracket looking? We're just going to spend like a tight 20 minutes on that. No, but how much Am I does supposed the- to cry for 20 minutes? <laughs> hey, Syracuse wouldn't in the tournament. How much does the lack of star power hurt this tournament moving forward through the Sweet 16? We'll tell you. Nick and Randy with you. It's Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. All right, time for the Boost Mobile Tournament preview on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as on your smart speaker. The phone number to join the conversation, 888-729-3776. He is Nick Friedle at the Seaport in New York. I'm Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut. And that last voice that we heard, Nick, uh, is one of the one of the only blue blood, although very much Spartan green holdovers that's left in this NCAA tournament. I mean, down goes Kansas and, and down goes Duke. And uh, I'm not grinning. You're grinning at that last one. Like, they're just there are other teams that are out now. And uh, there's sort of a new money feel to this NCAA tournament. And that can kind of be a double-edged sword. Either you like the new blood and you like the influx of new names and new talent, new fan bases and fight songs and the whole thing. Or the ratings might reflect the fact that, hey, we need a villain. And Duke's out. And Kansas is out. You know, and maybe some of these stalwarts drive home and bring in other fans. So maybe the ratings take a dip. Randy, that always seems to be the story. People love the upsets in the moment. But once the next games happen, it feels like people generally lose interest. If Syracuse isn't playing and they haven't been in the last few years, the first weekend, that Thursday, Friday, that's the best. It's always something that I've loved. My friends and I were just out in Vegas last weekend watching everything and making sure that that we were on top of uh, what was going on. It's this second weekend especially when all those top-tier Blue Blood programs uh, are are out, where you're kind of like, eh, you know, I, I just don't feel the, the interest level being as high in this group right now. Although I will tell you, uh, for some contextual evidence, around New York City, walking around today, I saw a lot of Spartans 
There is plenty of green here, so I'm sure at the Garden later tonight, they will be heard in full force as they get set for their matchup against Kansas State. Of the Sweet 16 teams left, uh, Michigan State, plenty familiar there with the Big Apple, and Tom Izzo, who we heard on the rejoin, is excited to once again run it back at MSG. It's something you should dream about when you were out shooting baskets outside, you know. Uh, you know, chance to play in Madison Square Garden, which growing up in New York, it's probably even bigger than it is growing up in the Midwest because um, you know what the garden is. I mean, I just like walking through the garden and see the great boxers like Muhammad and the things that have gone on here are incredible. And Michigan State has played in some of these preseason tournaments as well. Well, not preseason, but, you know, the, the first uh, sort, sort of opening tip-off tournaments at MSG. They're familiar with the setting. They're familiar with the angles, the building, the lighting, all of it. And a lot of times, at least early in halves of some of these Sweet 16, and certainly as you get to the Final Four, but sir, at this round, when you're playing in bigger arenas here, Nick, sometimes you see just absolute rock fights in the first half because teams are getting used to the building, literally used to the floor and the building. Randy, I think it's a really good point because the other part of getting used to the building and the lighting, they're trying to make their nerves go away. When you drop some of these teams that haven't played in these big-time environments, and you're talking about Madison Square Garden, or you're talking about one of these big football domes that get uh, these teams in there during a, a regional semifinal. How many times through the years do we just see teams throwing bricks up all over the place? You hope for the tournament's sake that that's not the case tonight and tomorrow, but that is absolutely a factor when you're trying to figure out what's going to happen in these games and who's going to be comfortable underneath that kind of spotlight, you'd always point to a Michigan State because they try like hell before the conference schedule starts to play in a bunch of different places, in a bunch of different environments, so that they're ready for exactly this kind of moment. I look at some, you don't want to call them stalwarts just like you did to uh, to say Michigan State. I think they're in their own category. I'd put UCLA there as well, even mm-hmm. though, you know, Mick Cronin, uh, not not new there in Westwood, but has his own experience uh, in the NCAA tournament and it, it, one of the best coaches going. Um, Gonzaga's been there. Mark Few's been there. You know, the success rate hasn't uh, in the NCAA tournament, but maybe having a three as their seeding takes some of the pressure off of in recent seasons being the one seed. The matchup tonight that has me the most intrigued, and Jay Bellis uh, was on SportsCenter earlier talking about how this this is the matchup he's looking at, is is in the West region. It's UConn and Arkansas. Uh, UConn can muscle up with the absolute best, uh, best of them inside. Arkansas will run you to death. And that's how Arkansas got here over Kansas. And I look at contrasting styles, and Nick, I, I, I truly don't know who's going to be able to impose their will, but that's who's going to win. Who gets the other to play at their pace? Absolutely. And, and you know, Randy, that both teams through, uh, through the year have had the ability to, to do exactly that to whomever they were facing in the moment. I will say this about Arkansas. Eric Musselman, since he's taking control of that program, does not strike me as the type of guy who's backing down uh, to anyone or any team. It feels like that team is not afraid of the moment. UConn has had a hell of a lot of success this season, but they haven't been together as much as this Razorback group. I am curious to see how Hurley's bunch responds in the type of game that you mentioned where they could be running up and down the floor, but the second one of these teams gets control, 
and tries to push away, they should give themselves the best opportunity to advance to the Elite Eight. We'll have time to talk about some of the matchups tomorrow, but I do want to say, as I say this about FAU, because I looked at them and I thought, you know, I saw the nine in their seating and I thought, oh, that's the lowest seed left. And no, you know, you got to snap your fingers and say Princeton. Princeton. Princeton's still in this thing, those plucky upstarts from from New Jersey. But we'll, we'll give them their shine tomorrow. When I look at FAU, because you your point about Arkansas and how they've been together and are sort of cresting at the right time here, right part of the season, Tennessee hasn't. They have, no. I mean, you know, they their their injuries are. It, it's tremendous to me they were able to slow Duke's roll to get here, and now they get an FAU team. These Owls won thirty two games, thirty thirty, just thirty. Oh my God, I thought they were over thirty. They've won thirty games, thank you. And I just I don't see them being forget an easy out. I think they're going to dictate to Tennessee the pace of this thing, and I don't think they're afraid to shoot in any building whatsoever. They don't strike you as a group that's afraid of much of anything, Randy. That will only help them. All right, lots of NFL to get to. Big names, OBJ, Zeke Elliott, much more. The latest on their status, it's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.